Welcome to another episode of China Update, where I provide you guys with the most up-to-date political, economic, and geostrategic analysis on the world's number two economy. My name is Tony. Let's jump in. Okay, happy Wednesday, everybody. Yesterday, Tuesday, People's Republic of China Premier Li Keqiang hosted a special meeting on the economy in Guangdong Province. Li is the first standing committee member to reappear in recent weeks from the so-called Beidaihe or Summer Summit for Chinese leadership, and it's likely because of the poor state of the economy. The meeting invited top officials from Jiangsu, Zhejiang, Shandong, Henan, Sichuan, and Guangdong provinces. Economic powerhouses representing over 45% of China's economic output and market entities. The premier had one urgent message: stabilize the economy and employ more people. We've seen the premier host several important emergency meetings this year, stressing the importance of the economy, even as the Politburo maintains the supremacy of China's zero COVID policy. With official economic data showing a very disappointing July performance, Li will be as anxious as ever to stabilize the economy in the lead up to the 20th Party Congress. Indeed, Chinese financial outlet Yizhai reports today that local governments have been given marching orders to spend money now, writing, "Quote." The early issuance of special bonds and the need to use it up by the end of the month is putting great pressure on local governments, which need to quickly dispense the funds and accelerate projects' progress. End quote. Okay, now let's move into the main stories on the Chinese economy. The ongoing bank scandal in Henan Province continues to heat up. Two more high-level provincial banking regulators have joined a long list of others being placed under investigation for graft. We remember from earlier this year, thousands of depositors across the country were swindled by a multi-billion-dollar scam, primarily involving a group of banks in Henan Province. Some of these depositors, in desperation, even went to the provincial capital of Henan, Zhengzhou, to demonstrate, resulting in detention for some. The bank meltdown sparked public outrage online, and other scandals grew from it. For example, when it was believed that local law enforcement was changing demonstrators' health codes from green to red in order to prevent them from traveling to Zhengzhou to participate in the protests, at least three officials responsible for rural bank supervision in Henan have been investigated so far this year. Four Henanese village banks and two more banks in neighboring Anhui province have been put under investigation. The official position of the ongoing investigation is that a criminal group had gained control of bank funds and sold financial products through their own platform in the amount of billions of dollars, and set up shell companies to conceal any information. Now, while we're in central China. At least 17 real estate companies in Hefei, the provincial capital of the relatively poor Anhui province, as well as other firms in nearby regions, quote, asked authorities to block the increasingly organized protests against them. End quote. According to a letter dated 2nd of August, seen by Bloomberg's Hong Kong team, quote. Protesters have tried to disrupt home sales by chanting slogans and pulling down banners when developers open new projects. Some home buyers have also refused to fulfill purchase agreements, and in some cases, requested partial refunds. End quote. 
Of course, we have been following the growing mortgage boycott movement since it first blew up in early July. Hundreds of thousands of angry homeowners have halted payments on home loans, raising fears of financial crisis if the movement isn't reversed. And if this letter is accurate, and at this point we cannot be sure, then it's a sign of the real-world fallout of the financial movement. And the trend isn't positive. We remember from yesterday's video that the housing market did not stabilize in July as previously hoped. Indeed, it continued its year-long decline. Home sales plunged 40% in July year-on-year. If the letter, which has also been seen and reported on by Chinese domestic financial media, is real, then the developers who wrote it understand exactly what local officials are concerned about. For example, one line says, quote, If a large number of home buyers seek to protest their interests, a bigger social issue will arise. End quote. Hey guys, if you enjoyed the video, don't forget to hit the like button. And for anyone who wants to go the extra mile and help me continue making these episodes for you guys every day, Patreon and Buy Me A Coffee links are in the description below. This is a tremendous help for the channel. As always, guys, thank you so much, everybody, for the ongoing support. Last up, let's continue from yesterday's coverage of China's historic heat wave, which is now really starting to cause economic disruptions. Southwestern China's Sichuan province has started rationing electricity due to the unprecedented summer heat. Sichuan, one of China's most populous provinces, is highly reliant on hydropower, making it particularly vulnerable to a heat wave and drought. And the jump in AC demand from the population isn't helping. According to the Water Resources Ministry in Beijing, Sichuan's dams generate 80% of its electricity, but many of its rivers are now drying up. The provincial government in an official statement this week expressed that water flows from hydropower reservoirs dropped 50% since the start of August compared with average historical levels. Industrial plants have been especially affected. A large-scale production halt was scheduled for the 15th of August to the 20th, that is this week. Toyota Motor Corp and contemporary Amperex Technology Co. Limited, the world's top battery maker, both shut plants this week. Solar power equipment makers like GCL Poly Energy Holdings have also been affected, as has more than 70% of the steel mills in Sichuan. The Chengdu campus of Foxconn has also confirmed that it has shut down all production until the 20th, quote, maintaining only 20% of its electricity load for security purposes. End quote. Several other provinces are also suffering from electricity shortages due to the heat wave and other factors. This week it was confirmed that seven rivers and one reservoir in Chongqing had dried up because of the heat wave. The megacity has already ordered its own production shutdown until the 24th of August. Zhejiang and Anhui provinces have also introduced power restrictions. We notice that some of these provinces implementing power restrictions are the same provinces which, as previously discussed, Premier Li Keqiang hopes will lead China's efforts at economic recovery. At Hankou Station in the middle reaches of the Yangtze, water reached its lowest level ever recorded this week. State media reports today that due to, quote, extreme weather, end quote, ports along the Yangtze River have been ordered to prioritize the shipment of coal. Now, with all these developments, the obvious question is, how consequential will this heat wave be for the economy as a whole? Well, most analysts seem to agree that as long as the electricity rationing is limited to a few regions, and only a few weeks, and if the damage to crops remains modest, 
The effect on the economy as a whole should be limited and manageable. Quote, At the moment, the situation is quite extreme with heat waves and drought. Therefore, regulators have curbed industrial power consumption to ensure residential power supply. I think the adverse impact on gross domestic product is limited if the power curbs will last less than several weeks. End quote. The real major risks to growth for the economy this year remain, of course, zero COVID and the housing crisis. Okay, that is today's episode of China Update. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching. Have a great evening or afternoon or morning, wherever you are, and I will see you all tomorrow.